Hello, I'm your host, Mazeril, and with everyone else here behind Popped Off, I'm excited to welcome you to Phoenix Watch, our very first two-part special. The second half, we're going to still be talking with Kayvon of the guild, Grey Sentinels, but we're going to be focusing on a small community he's been building up with the other roleplay guilds within Ashes of Creation. This is a amazing idea. Personally, I, I love it. I think it's a lot of has a lot of potential as he has built up a small coalition of sort of 25 or so guilds. It's still growing. We'll see how large it gets up towards launch of heavy roleplay guilds that want to sit down and carve out a corner of Vera to call their own. Within the game, there are no dedicated roleplay servers, and we're going to dive into how they decided to solve that and to make a home for themselves and a living, breathing, thriving kingdom community where all these narratives can come to life so let's just jump right into it and let's start off with so you said that you have a you have a small community a little discord group full of different guild leaders that in the future might also include their guild members but for right now is guild leaders and about 25 ish guilds correct yep around 25 guilds are represented okay uh tell me a, a little about that like what what prompted you to start that and then uh how, how is about how long have you been trying to grow it up so okay so what prompted me so really when it was started was around late when lazy peons video came out so that's about like a month or two ago from now um the idea though of why we wanted to start it is the only i i know steven is vehemently against having a a role play server so we have to take it upon ourselves as role players to really create the roleplay server so what i wanted to do is i wanted to make sure all these guilds got in touch so they could really build up something and get to know each other so we could get that uh roleplay server going once the game once the game's finally there um so that's kind of how it started and and why it started is you know i wanted to make a way an easy way for all these leaders to get in touch with each other but also as as a way to support fellow roleplay guild leaders cuz in a game like this, you know, role players probably are going to get picked on by people. So, uh, you know, uh, just in the fact that uh, everyone kind of thinks role players are easy targets. Well, I mean, Mavi and myself are hardcore PvPers, so I mean, not everyone's easy to easy to hunt down. But you know, the the main thing is we wanted to make a good communication uh, link and to make it so people uh, can help out one another and build up. So I don't, there's definitely something to be said when non-RPers are the minority. Mm. I, I know in, in a lot of games, that's it, it's very rare that that's not true or that's, that that's true. When everybody around you is kind of getting into it, it's a lot easier to bring new people in, into role-playing to experience uh, the narratives and everything that you guys can build. So yeah. And speaking of narratives, are you guys trying to plan some Possibly like rather large some meta narratives between all the different guilds. So I know with this the Ashen Pillars, uh, the idea behind it is that we're all by being part of it, you're basically acknowledging the fact that the other guilds exist and acknowledging their stories. So the idea is that you know, uh, of course, you know if 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 a dwarf guild has a war with some goblins. We're going to recognize that and react to that with with how our role play stories is going. So that's ju that's just part one, you know, the the acknowledgement that you know there's more stories than just what your guild is telling. Um, the other part is um, I really wanted to make it that 
not only can guilds come to where Grey Sentinels is setting up shop, but I wanted to get these guilds in touch. So, like, if someone wants to go live on a tropical island, they can know other RP guilds that are doing the same thing, and they can make those ties and make those those uh, those agreements before the game comes out. You know, really build up. Another thing is. I know that I love running festivals. I love running these major, huge uh, events that not only involve my guild and my allies, but we invite everyone. I know on Elder Scrolls Online, I used to host festivals that would have like 300 people at them at one time. The server, the server wouldn't even be able to handle it. Like it, it was, it was just a ridiculous amount of people in one spot all to come and celebrate and role play together. So I'm hoping we can do stuff like that. And then part three. So that was just the, the Ashen Pillars. We also mm-hmm. have another thing that is called the Kingdom Project. And the Kingdom Project is we want to make an actual living, breathing kingdom with all of the the dark plots, the the fun the fun drama and all the interactions that goes with it and have it not just be uh, Gray Sentinels, but involve a bunch of different guilds in this in this whole building process to make it so you know uh, people have much more to do. And if you're in the Ashen Pillars, you don't have to be part of the Kingdom Project. That's just something separate we're doing. But by being in the Ashen Pillars, you're going to be have access to interacting with all these groups and building it up and really you know. To, to get that living, breathing world that we that Sabaya talked about earlier on in the stream or in the podcast. So okay, yeah, and that, that sounds like a, that sounds really awesome. I know uh, with nodes that you had kind of to de-level them if you want access to specific raids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you see you got yourselves like using the Kingdom Project as a way of possibly also being able to access that PVE content? So say you, you talk with the guild, it's like, hey, I think it'd be a really fun story if you guys beat us. You put up a hell of a fight, but you do possibly throw a fight for a, a town or a one of your nodes so that you can get access to that dungeon. Do you see yourself possibly doing that, or is it going to be purely for the narrative's sake? I'm not against it. I think that, you know, I think kingdoms rise and fall. And I think that it would be an interesting thing that, you know, if if we got up to this high point... And then we react to, you know, everything's crumbling around it. I don't think that we would throw fights if it was, like, an actual, like, on-scheduled thing. But if we scheduled something and, you know, a large majority of the people involved in these nodes were agreeing that, hey, this is what we'd like to do, then we would go ahead with it. But, you know, that being said, um, especially since we're a larger guild that, you know, will obviously have weight to throw around, I don't want to be the bully that's coming in and, you know, this one guild's worked super hard on building up their village or their town, you know, and I don't want to run up to their up, up to their uh, town like a bunch of outlaws and be like, listen here, we're going to destroy your node so we can get access to, you know, this dragon's den or something like that. That's mm-hmm. not what we would like to do. We would like to work with the community um, around us and come to a common consensus. So, you know, any anything's possible. I just don't, you know, I don't want to be the bully on the server. You know, the, the big thing is about building up the community, not tearing it down. 
have you guys already started on some on some narratives possibly i know we just got a a, a nice little lore drop with the 24-hour second live stream that just happened a few days ago are you guys using stuff like that to try to build up stories now before the launch absolutely i have been working on a lot of lore um for gray sentinels itself we actually are working on a huge document for this kingdom project basically we just we're really trying to uh, establish our guild so everyone all the members can find ways to get involved in the guild um either before we go to vera or as in the first few weeks or months of as we're in vera sabaya do you have uh some of your ideas you wanted to share uh well i'd love to touch on uh some of the ideas that we've discussed for the uh the religion as well if, if that suits yeah go for it taking a look at the you know the lore that's been uh established already as far as you know the gods it's good and evil obviously um the gray sentinels are going to focus on uh the good and uh you know we are pre crafting a religion where everyone blindly worships anduin Oh, that's good. That's a good religion. Jesus, no. Oh, I'm no. so against it. I mean, if you somehow got 25 guilds to agree to a religion to, like that, then, I mean, I, I mean, fully then, support that cult. Then, you, you, you know what? At that point, it's no longer a kingdom project. It's an empire, baby. But like, <laughs> We're going to go all the way to Warhammer, and we will have some purges. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, uh, we're pur- we're purging the- as some of the- what a- some of the PvP guilds like to talk about purging the tall Nardis. <laughs> oh my gosh! But no, uh, what, what we're actually looking to do is um, create a uh, you know a pantheon among the the good gods so that Ma- Mavi can help speak to this too because he was part of this. Um, you know, spent six years RPing a tribunal priestess in Elder Scrolls Online. Religion and roleplay has tremendous community building potential. You know, there's so many different ways that ceremonies um, can draw people in, give them something to do, you know, especially uh, religion, you know, the aspects of charity and helping the poor. Well, a lot of times those poor are new players. So, like, one thing that we were looking at doing is... If you're a new player and you come into, uh, you know, one of the, we don't even really have a name for this, Pantheon or, or Cult yet, uh, specifically. Chaos uh, on if, Divided. No. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you, if you come in as a new player, someone's going, going to grab you and say, oh, you know, here's alms for the poor. And, you know, give them some gold to get started, maybe give them some armor, uh, maybe give them a quest, give them something uh, that they can do for the faith that sends them out to interact with other people. And, you know, this can also be sort of an, an embassy of culture of sorts, of, you know, spreading that around even to uh, nodes that are not necessarily part of uh, the Grey Sentinels or the Kingdom Project, but where you might have bastions of that faith. Uh, you know, it, it goes back to uh, to real life with you know sailors setting up churches in faraway port towns. It, it, it's a way that that 
that culture can spread and, and everything for me ties back into the immersive world. But I think it's, it's one of those ways that we can kind of layer on top of the lore that already exists and build something that, you know, is cool and immersive, you know, giant religious ceremonies with everybody standing around holding torches can certainly be, uh, you know, cool and inspiring. But it can also serve a very functional purpose uh, in the community for kind of getting new players and new people involved, giving them something to do, helping them feel part of that world and helping them ultimately find uh, their place. And it's like, again, going back to the Kingdom Project, one of the first uh, events that we were looking at doing was a royal visit where Anduin would go from you know, node to node, from guild to guild, uh, and bring everybody with him so each group under the Kingdom Project gets a chance to show off, oh, you know, this is what we do. This is our culture. These are the kind of events that we would be running. Oh, by the way, this is the times and days of the week we're doing stuff. Um, so it, it's, it's, you know, it's gonna, it would be something that's fun, something that brings everybody together, but also serve a very mechanical purpose of advertising the component elements, the banner states of the kingdom, and you know, showing off the the, uh, the RP spots and getting people to come back there outside of event times and bring them to life. And generally spreading the good word of roleplay and your lord and savior, Kayvon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> please, please do not say that. People <laughs> it's, it's a running joke in the guild saying God King Anduin, and he's, yes, he is very against it. You know, I think it broke up, but so is the Emperor. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because it sounds like a, like a kind of a micro joke on what the Discord does with poor Steven. Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, yeah. the Sandal God. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I guess, Mavi, uh, I know you were touching on a little bit of what you wanted to do for uh, military stuff. Like, did you have any ideas, really, that you just, I guess, I guess just dip your toe into, like, what you'd like to do for some structures and stuff, yeah, at least RP-wise? Yeah, I'll go into the PvP RP a little bit. So, like uh, like Sabai was saying, and like uh, Anduin said in the past, you know, we def I have definitely been part of the RP community for games like ESO. Uh, a few other games here and there that I've played over the years, but I definitely want to incorporate PvP and RP, you know, bring them together into that PvP RP that I've found to love so much. When you have quotes from games like World of Warcraft, EVE Online, a few other games of just random RP happening, like I think one in WoW was Drive Them to the Sea, this group of ragtag people just kind of essentially defending their town against the, uh, you know, these hardcore PVPers, and they end up actually driving these people back to what, uh, whatever the sea is. I don't play WoW, so I, I don't know what it was. Eve Online being another big one, personally one that I did myself, uh, with that I was a part of as a uh, a squadron commander of a few interceptors, was literally our fleet commander comes over the comms and was like, we what was it? We will break the pillars of which their kingdom has been created. You know, open up the siege engines, get the destroyers in motion. You know, it was it was very. I can't tell you how much RP can sometimes boost the morale of even just 
hardcore PvPers that have nothing to do with RP. Sure, I've, be, I've used the same you know, tactics in uh, in raids as well. Like if you're on your 200th pull, sometimes I'll just I'll, I'll find that like real campy knight in shining armor character. Yep. And like, because yeah. if you're on your 200th <laughs> pull, and I'm gonna say Ani, nobody should ever pull 200 times on Onyxia, but let, let's say Ani, you, you just go up there and you're like, "Hark, villain!" Just because it, exactly. it can do so much, just to either bring a bit of levity to it, or of course, like as you were saying, you can help really solidify an event that you're in. So yeah. Once more, dear friends, into oh, the yeah. breach. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. over, if you have a like, you have a siege battle, right? You have 300. Let's say we only get 100 people online to defend our node. Our allies can't make it there. You know, whatever happened, happened. We just were outnumbered. We're outgunned. Having Sabai or somebody else in the background just either through, like, voice chat or on through, the, like, text world chat or whatever that, you know, whatever means will be available through AOC. Just bust out this. Here comes the enemy now. You know, face, e you know, face this evil head on hold the wall you know what i mean like even as before i even got into rp right i saw stuff like that and it hypes you it's no different than watching a cinematic for a movie or a video game mm -hmm. you get that sense of hype you get that sense of like i can do this i can't wait for this let's do this i'm ready and that sense of focus as well uh well, commander of mine used to do that all the time yeah and i'm, I'm happy you mentioned cinematics. so I, I am curious with some of the stories and the what were you building up with the, and I guess it, it would play into a lot of the kingdom project as well, but just the uh, Ashen Pillars would be, are, are you guys thinking of any pre-planned narratives? So thinking like going into like a D&D &D campaign where the guild leadership might have some fun storylines where there'll be dips pre-planned out for some guilds, rises for others, and then flipping it down the line, things like that. So I know um, a big thing that we're kind of looking for is, yeah, we will have a lot of that planning going on for, you know, what what the various stories will be. But, you know, I I think with a game like this is the less we have pre-planned, I think the better. Because that means people will react to the situations that the game offers us. Now, that's not saying that we won't have random scheduled, you know, or random planned events that, you know, hopefully, you know, we can charge over the hill and attack some guild that's sacking a village or something like that, you know, do some Riders of Rohan type stuff. But, you know, I I am a firm believer that uh, you, you adapt your story to the changing story. You know, I, I hate railroading. Um, so, yeah, we will have some some various tasks or events that we would like to have happen, but we will change them to adapt to whatever the story is going on. And for anyone listening, if you're curious on how something like that might work, I know a piece of content that I watch a lot is Hermitcraft for mm. Minecraft. And uh, the Hermits do stuff like that all the time. They have fairly large narratives, and they might have the big beats planned out, then whatever a hermit does, it's just kind of chaos, and they just roll with it and have a lot of fun with it. Mm. And uh, as, as long as everyone knows, it's in good fun. And yeah, you might get a loss this day, but you're probably going to get uh, risen back up the next day. Absolutely. It, it, yeah. So I I like the sound of what you guys are building here a lot. I think there's a, a lot of potential for uh, just some fantastic stories to be told. Mm -hmm. I think it bounces back to that question you asked before is, 
are we okay with a node dying or a node falling? And yes. That I mean, obviously I'm gonna fight tooth and nail because I'm a PvPer and I, you know, I don't wanna lose my freehold or my house and stuff like that. But am I going to be completely devastated or bummed out if we lose something? No, because then we can rebuild and we can build the story off of it. Oh, we lost the we lost this node one week. Well, now we can talk about how we had this great loss and now we have a vendetta against this group that hit us. You know, there's flexibility is what makes RP come to life. It, you know, you, you can't you can't always sit there with the same story doing the same thing. It gets boring. Great, yeah. So with with the group does it seem like most of these guilds are all planning on rolling on the exact same server realm once we have that information out? I would say almost all of them are. There's only one or two of them that they're kind of waiting to see what happens because not every single one of them are hardcore role players. But I know even those ones have said, you know what, we might go on the roleplay server because basically their biggest concern is that, you know, the roleplay server is not going to be competitive. You know, there's not going to be that PvP or stuff might be too controlled on the roleplay server and i completely disagree with that almost always the roleplay servers are where almost most of the action happens because that's where people pvp that's where people pve constantly you're going to be competing with all these guilds we're just going to be saying cool shit as we do it you know so that's that's really the main thing about when it comes down to the roleplay server is that there's you're going to be able to compete with people and there's going to be tons of people on it because role players like to congregate where role players are. And well, I I hate to say it, but the lower tier PVP guilds are going to show up on the RP uh RP server thinking they can beat us around, but they're going to find out that it's a lot tougher than just, you know, walking into the to the local shop and beating someone up, you know? So sure. Yeah. Like yeah. that's Yeah, our peers will definitely be ready for a fight. RP realms, and, and you see it with World of Warcraft really easily. So selling transmog is a huge market. Oh, absolutely. Selling transmog on roleplay realms is a massive market because if anybody's going to care about how they look, one, it's it's just your average, it's not your hardcore role, uh, PvP or it's not your hardcore raider. For the most part, they don't care. What it is, it's it's the average player so that, that in the bell curve, it's that silver ranked player and the role players. It's a, it's, it's a huge swath of people, and if I would say if you are a casual player, even if you're not a huge lover of roleplay, probably hunting out this community might still be a good idea, because if you just want to come in, farm up some mats, build a little shop, and that's about as far as you're wanting to go, or you can go because of time constraints, and real life is a thing that other people have to worry about, I, I assume. This is what yep. I do for a living. I gotcha. <laughs> then yeah, this this might be a great place to do that because you guys should be not just looking for the top tier items. Obviously, you will be, but you, there should almost always be a constant circulation of items that just look pretty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that that is a huge thing. Economics is a major thing on roleplay servers. I mean, what a, what is it? That pirate hat goes for like 100 gold on, on Moonguard or something like that? Like... And it's like a, just an uncommon item, but just because it looks cool, the RPers want it. Yeah, so. I remember uh, most of the RP stuff is just like white, white oh, yeah. uh, armor stuff, and uh, at least in classic, 
we're talking classic right now. Yeah, that stuff will go for hundreds of gold, which is an obscene amount of gold in that game mm-hmm. because it just it looks neat. Do you want to give us a quick rundown, maybe of some of the some of the well, we don't have to give all twenty five names, but let's just say some of the more active communities that are in there, what they might be up to. So if somebody's looking for a community, I haven't been able to interview them yet. They might be able to find it through here. Well, I, I always got to give out give a shout out to my favorite dwarves. You've already interviewed them, but uh, the the Lords of Duneheim they're they're a really great group. And if you're planning to run a dwarf, or you're even just interested in it, check them out because they're you know they're planning to really make one. Of, I would say probably one of the few dwarven cities or you know nodes out there in the in the world of Ashes. Because, you know, dwarves are not that popular. But if you want to live in a dwarf town, check out them. There's also just a, a number of different guilds that you could check out. Uh, one that uh, I've been longtime friends with, uh, Samuel Orris of uh, VMC, or Vera Mercantile Company. They've been around for years and years. They're a smaller, medium-sized guild, but I can tell you right now that the time that I've known them, they're very friendly, and they definitely wanna. They really wanna accomplish some good things. Um, they are more focused on the economic side of things, but I know that they will also be competing in all assortment of various things uh, in the game itself. So you know, that's just that's just a couple of them. Um, if you want more information on various RP guilds, please again, as I said before. You know my Discord information. I can send you to various ways uh, to help you out. But yeah, like the the roleplay community, I've always believed is it shouldn't just be one large guild. It, it the best stories are always when you have a ton of different guilds all interacting together. Yeah, a hundred percent agree with that. With the Kingdom Project, are you guys already planning like is is this going to be a a coalition of guilds to build like a singular? very powerful metropolis because I, I i missed if you had said that already or is it going to be more of we are all guilds that are looking at building metropolis size so think of it like <laughs> this we're probably going to be in one corner of the map so i'm assuming just one metro but one metro that's overlooking a ton of nodes around it so think of it kind of like you know the metro is the central hub of this kingdom and then all of these vassal city, all these vassal nodes and stuff might be where the various guilds and, you know, members might be living and operating in. So the idea is that the kingdom node is a coalition of people that um, kind of want to create a a living, breathing kingdom in it. So it's going to have, you're not only going to have a monarch, but you're also going to have like a parliament in it that can check the monarch and also can pass laws and get things you know, really, really moving. And we, we're we trying to figure out ways how to make it that um, there's equal say from all of these various guilds that join in. So, you know, it's not just a, a, a bunch of click guilds that only interact with each other. Because my firm belief is the best way to roleplay is by including everyone you can, at least the people who want to follow the rules of roleplay um, that you're various communities have agreed to um so that's kind of the the kingdom is the kingdom's not only going to be building a role play for for these for these guilds that are involved in it but if guilds that are not affiliated with us but still want to role play and interact with us as like foreign entities we're welcome to it 
we would love it. Um, so that's kind of where we're sitting. I, I like to hear that you guys are still open to many, many more guilds. Uh, it also sounds like, because if you're going to have a bunch of guilds, and I know some of the roleplay guilds, they're they're not small for, per se. Like, uh, I think Vera Mercantile, their Discord alone has a little over 100 members, which yep. for a game still two to three years out, I would say is notable. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so it, it sounds like you guys might have a very stable corner of the world, which would be mm. great. I, I know a lot of the guilds that I've talked to already are going to be in a very chaotic place. They're wanting to attack people. They're wanting to be heavily involved in the PvP. Having a place where people can go and know that if they log off for one or two weeks they come back their their house won't necessarily be gone at least a chance to that all being gone are minimized sure. yeah. yeah um <laughs> yeah i i know that's something that a lot of people are going to value do mm-hmm. you do you guys have an idea where on the map you're going to try to build all of this like i know thogly and the gang are wanting to go out to the mountains i interviewed the hounds and i know they're talking with thogly because they were another dwarven guild they were thinking mountains as well uh where's do you know where this big Ashen Pillar is planning on like pitching its flag. No, um, so what we're currently looking at is I personally love the mountains. Um, I, I love snow, actually, winter is one of my favorite seasons. But one thing we actually been looking at since there's going to be these changing seasons, yeah, the changing seasons in the game, I want to go to a place that has the four seasons. Um, so we've been looking at somewhere that's close to the mountains uh, because, well, we do think the Lords of Dunheim are actually good friends of ours. So I'd like to be um, at least within, you know, 30 minutes travel of uh, hanging out with them if we just, you know, want to hang out for the day or something like that. But I also, um, as Mavi said, the sea is very important um and i think it's a huge aspect that a lot of people want to play so we're hoping to be at like the foot of the mountains but you know have a seaport you know that's kind of where we're we're hoping to be on on the sea so we can send out naval stuff and and get involved with that so i cannot tell you exactly where because that's a trade secret but we're we're looking at probably somewhere between the mountains and the and the oceans so yeah i mean that 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 covers almost the entire map oh, <laughs> be, yeah. i mean <laughs> so so like what we're what we're looking for is um i guess prime examples we're wanting a place that we can have a lot of different biomes we can we can go to a lot of different places that hopefully we'll have various different resources at so uh, one said place is on the western continent near the tropical zone. We don't want to be in the tropics, but being on the main continent of the western continent might be interesting because then you're going to have the ability to face the different monsters and get the various resources from these biomes around it. Another place is on the eastern uh, continent and, you know, maybe looking to the south, maybe to the north. But, you know, it's it's... The, the idea is not only is it for a PVX outlook of looking for what's, you know, being self-sufficient by having the supplies we have and then also having the economic boon of having all these rare materials and then shipping them across the world to, like, you know, basically gut people on prices. That's a great idea. Um, but, you know, 
what can we build RP in this area? No, is this place going to be attractive to RP? Is it pretty? It do, does it make people want to be in that area? And that's that's a big factor that we're going to do. So I know with myself and many others, we have access to those, you know, Head Start server. Um, so instead of us going on that Head Start, we're planning to go in and... Um, kind of scout out the world, figure out all these locations. So then when the actual day of first day one happens, we can basically do a giant, like the great migration of Grey Sentinels and any other guilds that want to take along with us. We're all going to travel on day one to, you know, our, you know, promised land to create our brand new node and stuff. So that's kind of what we're looking at. And that, that makes sense that if you guys are planning this far ahead, you're going to definitely try to be there nice and early. To set everything up yeah i'm, I'm, I'm just i gotta say I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of narratives you guys can bring out that's kind of the whole Absolutely. point of this show is tracking a lot of that stuff so that's it's awesome to see that that's already being built up I, I think a lot of players can have a lot of fun even again at even if they're not interested in role play they, they could still interact with with a with a community that won't just try to kill them at every step for just for the sake of doing so now of course with this and at when it comes to like griefing and stuff a, a huge fear is streamers I, I know especially when it comes to it, it was something that was never really an issue until the lazy peon video when we saw the shrouds coke carnage asmongold like mega communities get interested into the game uh-huh. do you guys already i'm i know for a fact that some of the guilds that you have talked to have streamers in them have you guys already started saying like how you might want to deal with streaming as, as far as those in that community? So we do have several streamers within our group itself. I'm actually hoping they get larger. But yeah, they're kind of smaller streamers. They're not they're not massive, you know, not on like the levels of Asmongold and Lazy Peon. But, you know, the idea is I'm assuming that the the streamers are not gonna wanna go to whatever the unofficial roleplay server is. And Obviously, you know, the RP community, we've, I've talked to a lot, of, a lot of the bigger people in the RP community in Ashes, and, you know, we've all kind of come to this consensus that we're going to watch, and the streamers will probably declare, like, a week or two before where which server they're going on, and we'll avoid those servers. And these are just, like, the super streamers, you know, obviously... We're going to end up with a Zerg guild or a streamer guild's going to pop up on our server. It's just it's just going to happen. But you know, if we can avoid going from where the huge fish go, you know, I think that would be the best. Because the problem with streamer guilds and and with you know uh, streamers in general that we've seen is that very quite often they'll jump into a game and their fan base either they will leave or their fan base eventually leaves and you know it it takes a ton of population from the server and can kill the server well ashes is one of those games where if you don't have the population the game's going to be boring so uh we definitely want to try avoiding uh those those type of uh those type of servers that have the, sure. the streamers and stuff and that that makes sense. I know some streamers they might come in and they they might they might make it a long term home. Mm. A lot of people are talking about how Asmongold seems to be burning out, yada yada. But yeah, he does that fairly frequently with World of Warcraft. It's it makes sense. But uh, 
Oh, I yeah, think I don't... Dion's going to be here to stay. Like, he loves this game every every time I've interacted yeah. with him. Yeah, so. but I, I also have never... I have I do not feel like... So when it comes to specifically Shroud and Asma, those are the two that are definitely mm-hmm. the most talked about. I think it's also because of the type of player that they bring in. These will be the ones that will try to just troll yep. anybody just for the sake of saying that they are on camera for five seconds. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I can definitely see where you t- what you're talking about. Where they might come in and just slurp out a bunch of resources, and then leave, and a lot of that player base is just going to follow. Yep. And whatever server they're on, it yeah, I, I can see it be very spiky depending on when a streamer is around. Um, mm. I I guess I got to ask you because I'm I'm sure no one ever asks you what type of server are you looking to go on? Like why, you know? Because I know you're asking these questions, but like what what would you personally want to go to? That depends. As far as like me doing this channel and everything, mm. uh, I'm probably going to have a few characters spread out of quite a few different servers just to okay. see the big beats. My whole thing is seeing how different different servers are Absolutely. Um, and kind of tracking that out. That's why I started two to three years before the game launched, getting mm. into these communities so that we can, I can track them and uh, track them on a more meta level. While I know a lot of guilds, like you've already said it yourself, Many of the ones that I've talked to either on Discord or on this show will be tracking their own personal stories. Uh-huh. I want to be in touch with that with those people and kind of see the overall game history. Because I'm very curious to see how different each server grows. Because there it should be an unlimited potential, but we don't know. Yeah, if, if I were if I weren't doing this show though, I would probably be uh in one of the more roleplay centric servers. I would look uh-huh. for one of those. Just because nothing about AOC, whereas in World of Warcraft, I, I do mythic raiding. I'm uh-huh. trying to do more PvP if if they would let me. I like very high-end gameplay. Nothing in Vera really seems like it's going to be tailored to that. Most of the high-end gameplay is going to be what you do against another person. So just being on a roleplay server, I would lose nothing from doing that. Yeah. Whereas in like World of Warcraft, you can't really be on a roleplay server you're, you're kind of capped at how high you can rise until unless you're on a specific server. Mm. Just kind of how it happens. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's that's something that, you know, I, I always argue that the roleplay server is, if it's a sandbox MMO, by the way, the roleplay server is the most interesting to be on because that's, that's where the stories are going to be far different. You know, there's going to be far more depth to the reason of why someone is doing, why a guild is doing something more than, you know, just, well, I just wanted that resource this day, so we went to war and killed them. Like, you know, like, there's there's more to it, you know. So, I'm hoping that you get some time to go and join on in some of these roleplay servers that will be set up. Um, That's a a huge thing, you know, where where everyone's going, because it really depends on i guess your your taste in uh your taste in content you know so the hardcore pvp guilds are probably all going to go where all the other hardcore pvp guilds are because they they like that constant you know headbutting of action so yeah exactly um i don't know i i I would like to see because of the way ashes is i think we are going to start seeing pretty early on we'll we'll see a, a good spread at first, but as people start to figure out the game and they're like, okay, what has the high, they're, they're going to start Googling which realm has the most people. We're mm-hmm. definitely going to see, I, I would be surprised if five realms, if, if we didn't have more than, if we did have more than five realms come out as like the top ones. 
So we'd probably have an OCE, an EU, one or two NAs. And then, of course, within those, we'd, we'd likely have, of course, your community, what's going to be the biggest RP realm. And mm -hmm. if you already have 25 guilds-ish, and I'm sure that'll grow as we get closer and closer, we get into the, into the not just Alpha 2, but into the betas where a lot more people are going to treat it like an early access to that game. I'm sure you're gonna, you guys are going to grow a lot more. Yeah, we'll probably have four at most, like wow. really top-end realms where everybody's condensed into. I don't think that's a bad thing for the game. I just think it's something that's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, no one's going to want to go to the server with zero people on it because they won't be able to do probably 80% of the content, you know? It'll take you six months to get to a metro. <laughs> like... So. Exactly, which is why I'm kind of hoping Intrepid takes a more conservative approach to realms. I don't think we need the near hundred that other games have put out because they they were just trying to make sure realms stayed up. Steven is correct in that their back end is solid enough for 500 v 500 people. Uh -huh. um, I would like to see a lot of like some really heavily populated realms. I think personally, I would prefer that, especially since there's no cross realm play. Uh -huh. So the because that's that's the only fix at, after that is either completely removing a realm and everybody and anybody's progress on it, or introducing cross realm and phasing, and sharding, which are just wonderful words that anybody who plays World of Warcraft super loves, and it doesn't break the MMO experience at all. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus, uh, you know, and and that's the thing is. Uh, you know, we we've sat down and we've talked about what the number of the realms will be because. It, currently, the Discord has, what, 70 or 80? Is it now 100k people in there? There's a lot of people inside the Discord. And that's not even all the people. There's plenty of people who are not even in the official Ashes Discord that are watching. I think Steven said he had like 2 or 3 million different accounts on uh, that are registered on their website. So if the servers are only going to have 10k people on them, well, I'm I'm looking at it like I I would assume they'll have about like 20 to 50 servers. I mean, they might have more. They might grow more, but if if this game if this game delivers on everything they've talked about, there's there's no way this doesn't, you know, drag in literally every single different kind of MMO player into it. Because there's just not been anything that's come out in the last, what, even 10 years, really. Yeah, I would say not back all the way into the EverQuest and Gaia days. Mm -hmm. My early childhood. Yep. Like, but yeah. World of Warcraft's the only one that's, you know, pulled every single person in, so... Since then, has anyone really came out with anything? I, I don't really know. I would say nothing this original that was also targeted at a Western market. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you could definitely say BDO is very original, and it has it had a lot, a lot of room for role play. Arc Age obviously had, did an amazing job. But besides those two, I don't know too many other games that weren't heavily relying on other IPs to bring in people so star wars eso final fantasy uh it's it's kind of refreshing to get a completely new ip and uh and actually that that's a good question for both the guild and of course for what you're building right now you said that you're building a lot of lore we got a little bit of it from the stream 
Are you hoping for a world that has that's just jam-packed full of lore, something like World of Warcraft, or are you hoping for minimal lore so that we can build our I, own? What I would like is I would like enough lore to give role players something to build off of, but I hope there's not so much lore that we're kind of railroaded into believing what we believe. Like, um, one thing that I'm really happy about that you touched on is the fact that this is original. It's something new. And while I've been in Elder Scrolls, I've been in Star Wars, I've been in Lord of the Rings, all of these different things, and one thing that always is a pain is the lore Nazis, the people who, you know, they've spent the last five decades of their life learning everything about Star Wars, and, you know, they'll correct you about every little thing. And they kind of take the fun out of the game. Well, in this we're kind of all noobs to ashes so it's really fun that we're all learning together you know so no one's really an expert not for a bit at least you know so yeah <laughs> don't let jaylon ever hear you say that oh <laughs> don't get me started on him jeez <laughs> yeah i i know uh, lore wise it's nice that nobody really knows anything yep. and i kind of like that steven said yeah and the stuff that i tell you is possibly and probably a lie as yep. he just does it. I don't think they know yet. And it, that's fair. Uh, get the systems up, build the world, and then let the world build the rest of the lore. Mm -hmm. It's kind of how I go about it. So that makes sense. Absolutely. So we'll see how everything goes, you know? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I personally, I can't think of any other questions, both about the guild and, of course, this this awesome community that you guys seem to be building up. That's, that's something I'm very excited about. Um, yeah. Is there any closing comments or calls? Either of you guys would like to, to state about, for this half at least, Ashen Pillar? Uh, just looking forward to working with the other guilds. Uh, I mean, especially from PvP to RP, we're not going to be the only ones out there with, you know, our forces. If one of our allies comes under attack, be expecting, you know, definitely be expecting us to back them up or and vice versa. So instead of just a guild of 250 to 300, you might be facing the entire alliance or become friends with the entire alliance. You know, you'll have those people to back you up and whatnot that's what i'm big, biggest looking forward to is working with these other uh pvp officers and whatnot from these uh, other guilds and whatnot to set that security of these nodes of this of this kingdom we're creating you know sure and it sounds like you guys have a like, I, I know for a fact lords of dunheim would be beyond joyed if they could pull off a riders of rohan oh, the boys. oh yeah <laughs> yeah i would love that yeah um so well, it sounds like you guys are building up for a lot of awesome cinematic moments with them through the pvp absolutely oh i was just gonna say that um you know looking forward to working with the uh role-playing community people from uh all the other groups uh in my experience the best community stories that are told are the ones that are shaped by you know as many people as possible as many different groups telling you know, their stories, their own ways. And I think it, it's really going to be something truly incredible that is being built here. I mean, Ashes is the dream that so many have had since uh, the death of Star Wars Galaxies. And I think this is just such an exciting time for uh, role players to have this opportunity to once again create something uh, truly magical. Yeah, there's, there's just an unlimited possibilities for this game. I'm, I'm very excited for it. And I'm very excited to see what you guys grow and build. And of course, all the guilds around y'all 
grow and build. Uh, for anybody out there that is listening, if you are a guild leader, definitely feel free to reach out. I will, if, if you haven't been able to find any of the links that we put out there, I'll put you in touch with everyone here. Uh, if you're a guild leader and you want to be on the show, reach out and let me know. That's how Kayvon came to be on the show as he reached out and said that he was interested. And of course, if you're just a player that wants to learn a little bit more about the game, do so. Reach out and I'm happy to help you out. You can uh, always find me at poppedoff.com. And of course, Twitter, uh, poppedoffs is at popped underscore off. And my own personal one, at GG. I, I don't know why I forgot my Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm a professional. But yeah, from everybody else here at Popped Off, thank you guys for sitting down with me, for talking with me for almost two hours doing both of these parts of the uh, of the episode. <laughs> and of course, feel free to give us a five-star review wherever it is you find podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you for having us, by the way. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great day.